0: Greetings, fellow Longhorns, and welcome to the latest edition of At the Movies. Justin, can we get a moo? <laughs> Perfect. Today, we're here to talk to you guys about Black Panther, which is Marvel's latest movie. It's taken the world by storm. It recently brought in $40.16 million on Presence Day, edging out Star Wars Force Awakens for the uh, biggest Monday in box office history. Um, Right now, it's raked in a global total of $426 million and hasn't even opened in China, Japan, or Russia yet. Uh, We're here today to give you our thoughts about the film. We're going to open up with some non-spoiler opinions about the film. So, Justin, would you like to start?
1: Yeah, I am um, Justin, your resident Marvel nerd and cow. I loved it. I thought Black Panther was... Incredible and amazing. I think it's probably the best movie that Marvel's made. And um, everything about it blew me away from how beautiful all of the costumes and sets and people, the people are. And I think it's a brilliant script that is just so perfect to come right at this moment. I think Ryan Coogler is a genius and I
2: loved it. All right, y'all, I'm James Preston Poole, and I honestly have to completely agree with Justin. I thought the movie just fired on all cylinders. I mean, um, you can make the case that it does hit some familiar um, Marvel story beats, but that is drowned out by the overwhelming amount of good the movie does. Uh, Ryan Coogler's direction is next level amazing. The colors in this movie, the visuals, the music... And especially the performances uh, really won me over and it has a surprising amount of social relevance I think that really took it, um, took it above the rest of the Marvel movies and I think we're going to continue to see this movie do really well and um, if we get anything even halfway as good as this um, from Marvel in the future, um, I will be there in the seats every time.
3: All right, hi, I'm I'm Alexis and I have to say that the representation in this movie was amazing. It was so refreshing to see um, a black cast, a predominantly black cast. Um, I want to move to Wakanda. Um, I just want to thank Ryan Coogler for always including Michael B. Jordan in his movies. Yes. The man (laughs) is beautiful and I loved that movie. I'm going to see it again.
0: Hey guys, I'm Charles and I agree with everybody else here. I think Black Panther is just a really strong showing for Marvel. Um, it's definitely up there for me with Captain America Civil War and Guardians of the Galaxy. It, just, it was just on almost all fronts just very well done. There was a lot of effort and love in the craft involved with the production design. I just thought the marriage of futurism, the African culture in Wakanda was just brilliant. It gave the picture personality and a vibe that you know, a lot of superhero movies don't really have these days, and it was nice to see Black Panther have an identity and kind of forge a way through the traditional Marvel narrative with so much personality. And I think overall, my favorite character ends up being uh, someone named shuring who is a very surprisingly awesome uh, female character who gets to show off her science chops. I just think overall, Black Panther is just surprising in all the right ways, while uh, still fulfilling its obligations to the universe.
1: Can we, uh, can we get the ball rolling by talking about how good Michael B. Jordan's Killmonger is? Oh yeah! Jesus. Oh my god! god. It's great. It's. I think he's the best villain since the Joker in The Dark Knight in a superhero movie, mm-hmm. at least. Um, what do y'all think?
3: I've Uh, never loved a villain so much. Like, you can't help but to feel for him. You can tell his heart's in the right place. He just has, like, the wrong execution. But Mm -hmm. his story is just... It's so, like... It's so real, and it talks. It speaks to so many different, like, social issues. And it's just... Man, I don't even know. Like, I just want to watch it again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think as we talk about him, we're going to enter spoiler territory. Mm -hmm. So... Um I'm gonna talk we're gonna talk about I guess his motivations now and how that links to like some big twists in the movie. Um I think the decision to make Killmonger a son of Wakanda who was rejected and forgotten is just something that was really uh it made him feel more sympathetic than T'Challa, Black Panther at times, because you see this is a guy who didn't have his identity, it was taken from him, and he's trying to get it back. And I think that uh, parallel between Black Panther and Killmonger is really clear when um, you see how both enter their spiritual plane when they talk to their ancestors. T'Challa has the privilege of seeing and knowing his ancestors, like his father and all the previous Black Panthers and all the canes. And then when Killmonger... Uh, goes in the spiritual plane he uh he only has an apartment and he only has his, his dad and that's all he knows and i think that definitely shows that this boy was like broken at a really really young age and makes him that much more interesting
3: yeah like he had to find all of this out like kind of just looking through his dead dad's stuff like mm-hmm. he comes home he said he came home that day and uh what he found his dad with a panther claw on his chest dead mm-hmm. on the ground mm-hmm. like that's like some real, well, obviously fictional, but I mean, it's powerful. Like he had to figure all this out from his dad's like old stuff to realize where he came from and then do all this work for his entire life just to get there, to try to claim a throne he thought was his rightfully.
2: And uh, sort of sort of bouncing off of that, I agree. It's It's all super powerful stuff. And I think The best villains are the kind we haven't really seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe before, like Killmonger. They're villains that not only are doing what they believe is right, but bring something forward to the table that the hero of the movie ends up taking with them afterwards. Like, by the end, uh, T'Challa has realized that Killmonger was right, that Wakanda can't just stand by. Killmonger's one fatal flaw was the bitterness um, that grew with him that was, I mean... I don't know if we want to start this conversation now, but about all the social relevance uh, this movie had, just um, that his his one flaw was the fact uh, was the fact that he was willing to slaughter innocent people um, to get his way. Uh, so I definitely think, um, sort of similar to Zemo in Civil War, this was a villain whose motivations made perfect sense. And beyond that, can we all just agree that he was super, super cool? Like, start to finish. Yeah. No.
3: The museum scene oh. just took me out. Like, the
2: whole oh, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was
3: great. And he has a,
1: a theme. Yeah. And it's yeah. so chaotic. Yeah. yeah. also, pretty good. Like, oh. I danced a little bit in my seat <laughs> while I was scared. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Shout out real quick to Ludwig Granson. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's Ooh, so good. Great.
0: It's a great score. But, like, I love um, Michael B. Jordan. Like, he always plays such nice dudes. Yeah. For, like, relatively charming characters. Yeah. And he brings that same likable swagger to yes. a bad guy, which I thought was great. hmm It's just, um... But, uh... I do have a question, Justin. I know you normally don't like villains that are basically mirrors of the heroes. Like, you did not right. like the villain of Logan. No. Because it's man. basically Hugh Jackman. Um, it is,
1: is literally a <laughs> <laughs> Not basically Hugh Jackman. Hugh Jackman plays yeah, the yeah, villain yeah. and fights himself. Uh-huh.
2: But his eyes were different, though.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he looks a bit younger.
2: <laughs> um...
1: Well, um yeah, I think comparing uh Killmonger to the weird clone of Logan is a bit of a of a superficial mm-hmm. similarity because evil Logan and and Logan didn't talk. He didn't have any depth. He, he literally felt like he was just there so that Logan could have a bat, a big boss to fight against at the end. Where Killmonger is this cousin and uh, he's this long distant relative that really brings home a new viewpoint to the movie mm-hmm. um I was a little disappointed I'll, I'll admit when he puts <laughs> on the, the Black Panther costume with the gold trimmings just mm-hmm. because it was like okay so we're gonna have a Black Panther versus Black Panther fight <laughs> but then it was a a cool fight mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, in the end, I, I think that he's kind of subverting the tropes of the mirror, of the kind of blank mirror, mirror villain to the hero by being super, super different. He brings home this outsider's perspective back to Wakanda and that's what changes the nation. Even though uh, Nakia, who's played by Lupita Nyong'o, was trying to say it the whole time, but it's a different story.
0: Oh yeah, um, no. Can we t- <laughs> can we still talk about? Well, even there's so many strong female characters that black that the Kingdom of Wakanda is still a patriarch like patriarchal monarchy, something like that. I thought that was. I read something interesting where they said like, uh, uh, even though like Angela Bassett could probably have been a good queen, it's still it's still T'Challa becomes King. I thought that was interesting. Like, while the movie depicts a society that is... The movie itself is progressive. It also depicts a society which is flawed and on its way there. And I thought that was interesting. Like, Okoye, she's a flawed character. She's great. And she's absolutely amazing in all her fight scenes. And she's very noble. But at the same time, she's tied down to a culture that, in some ways, is flawed. Right. And
1: And T'Challa is so so flawed as Mm -hmm. well. And that's what makes the movie so compelling that he is ignoring billions of people that he could be helping out Mm -hmm. and that all the people around him, a lot of the people around him are saying he should feel a connection to Mm -hmm. it's Ryan Coogler injects this character with so much depth that really has not been there in the comic
2: books. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, And Charles, you brought up that really interesting thing about how it's still a patriarchal society. Um, I would be very interested in seeing Ryan Coogler sign on for a trilogy for this character and to explore further, like deepen the social themes and explore them further. Since now he's kind of got the audience hooked, I think think he can expand what worked so well about this film, which was the fact that it tied into something larger Mm -hmm. than just a guy in a costume fighting people. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I will say that, like, a lot of this movie, um, I was surprised at how many, like, dominant female roles there were in the film. Um, It didn't, like, it wasn't at all just about T'Challa. Like, so mm -hmm. much of it featured the other characters, especially Shuri. I loved Shuri. I loved how, like, she's one of the smartest people in the Marvel Universe, right? Like, and she created all these incredible things. And, like, where she... Where she gets her, she does get her credit for doing all these things, but also she still is kind of considered, like, a background character, um, a sub-character to T'Challa. It's like, they do all these wonderful things, but he still is the figurehead of it. So I do get, like, what you mean. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, it's it's interesting, because there's so many awesome, colorful, and lively characters, like, surrounding T'Challa, that I feel like he did kind of uh, recede into the background a bit, especially when he gets taken out in the second act. And you get to see all these interesting characters react to yeah. what's happening. Is this your king? Yeah. Is this your yeah. Sha- <laughs> <Yeah, exactly. laughs> Oh, man.
3: I couldn't even be mad at him. Y'all, yeah.
1: that, that fight scene in Korea it's yes. oh, um, yeah. to me, the the action centerpiece of the movie. I agree. It's there's Absolutely. that one long take. I, I think long take should be in quotes. There's no way it was actually. Yeah, it but the camera floats and dances around the room it reminded me a lot of the fight scene in creed that's one take but in creed you're disoriented and uh in black panther you are really brought in and given a spatial geography of the casino and
3: it's so cool <laughs> My girl took her wig off. Uh. She took her wig off and flung it in this man's face and kept beating <laughs> up the other one. I was just like, literally, I almost stood up. I was like,
1: no, she didn't. She did.
3: She did. And there's that bit when
1: she climbs on top of the car. Oh, my god! Goodness. And yes. uh, her dress is just flowing. And she's so powerful
0: that was just they gave me some serious Dark Knight vibes because when he's on the yeah. map I, that's what I was thinking of like mm-hmm. that looks so cool I love it just that just uh, it was like if I had to use a word describe her in them it was like mighty in that instance Absolutely. and again it's like
3: completely that scene fo- focused like most or at least the first part of it that fight scene focused most on um, the two female characters right. they were the ones doing most of the fighting at right. first They were the ones chasing down the bad guys. Like, that surprised me as well. I was waiting for T'Challa to come into action, and he did later. Mm -hmm. But just the fact that it started with these two women, and it Mm -hmm. kept going with them for such a long time. Right. Mm
2: -hmm. Okoye definitely got the coolest (laughs) action (laughs) stuff in that movie. Absolutely. You knew right from that opening moment in the plane where she's about to grab her spear (laughs) and T'Challa's like, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I, yeah... I definitely would say um, if Killmonger didn't steal this movie, then then um, the Women of Black Panther absolutely did.
0: Uh, Yeah, no, I and I think also like um, I like how Shuri still gets to be a part of the action in her own way. Like, she doesn't need to be physical to have that mm-hmm. ability to fight. Like, when she brings her own gadgets to the table at the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and she's, like, beating the shit out of Killmonger, just using her gauntlets. Yeah. I just lo- I just love that. I just like how she wasn't just someone who sits on the sidelines. I like how she got involved. Um, But, yeah, like, overall, I had very few issues with the movie. I still am wondering uh, if the movie could have been trimmed down a little bit it's long. Because the um I still don't I love the museum scene, but I still don't understand its purpose, if you know what I mean. Cause I don't understand why you couldn't just kill Claw in the museum and just bring him to Wakanda and be like, Sup cause, here's a here's Claw. So I killed him and now I'm like obviously cool.
3: Yeah, I get that.
1: I don't understand. Yeah. That.
3: I don't know. I didn't get it either. Like, I know it has something to do with the vibranium.
0: Yeah, but I don't think it came into play later, which is why I was like, uh-uh.
3: Yeah, nothing happened with that vibranium It
0: was...
3: (laughs) Yeah. Andy Serkis
1: wanted to get captured by them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, like, part of their plan, but that never really came around to mattering too much. But, I mean, if you chalk it up to he wanted to meet T'Challa and get in his head, then, like, it worked.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. If I had um, any minor problem with the movie, it's that um, I thought it had two great villains, and I think they probably needed to get rid of Claw because um, I thought he was still great. But if they weren't, if they weren't going to make him more useful to the plot, and. Because right right now, it pretty much, he was just there to get killed by Killmonger. Yeah, as a
0: plot device. Which
2: is fine, but they, I would have liked a more satisfying way to have that done. Or I think he worked really well there, though, yeah. as a
1: juxtaposition, uh, as part of the movie's metaphor. For sure. I think having this uh, white dude that thinks Ooh. he's leading uh, a black guy, and he's got this thick su- su- <laughs> South African accent. Uh-huh. And he thinks he's leading this black guy and he thinks he's stealing from their culture and he calls them savages and barbaric. He's this clearly racist dude that doesn't think Killmonger could possibly be smart enough to be like that.
2: Okay, never mind. See if you convince me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. Good. Yeah, no, okay. Wait, do you have anything else to say about that?
3: Uh, Just in that same scene, he also, like, killed off the girl that he was with. yeah. And, like, you notice, know, she made it through, like, the first part of the movie. Yeah. I thought she was going to, like, be somebody. Yeah. And cool. he was yeah. like, oh, girl, it's okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then
1: she's gone. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get why she was
3: there. I don't either. It just surprised me. Yeah. I was like, wow, you really going... to
0: She's
1: okay. in, like, three scenes.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm just like, perhaps it's, like, the universe builder in me because, like, I actually love Claw so much. I wish he kind of somehow lived. Yeah. Because I thought, like...
1: Andy Circus like, is having just so, so much fun. Yeah, huh? he's like
0: built for no reason in this movie. And then he's like, like the part where he meets up with CIA agent Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman like jokingly is like, oh yeah, you're going to drop your mixtape? He's like, yeah, actually, it's on SoundCloud. You want to hear? I'm like, holy yeah. s***. <laughs> so funny. Like, what the
1: hell? And I think Martin Freeman also fulfills a similar role to mm-hmm. uh, Andy Circus in that he's this juxtaposition against the powerful black characters in the movie and he kind of amplifies what they're doing so well he's he's the token white guy of uh the movie that is a sidekick and not that useful
2: (laughs) except Mm.
0: at the end he did figure out how to pilot that thing somehow (laughs) after she teaches him exactly and
1: he's a cia agent she said she made it american
0: style oh yeah that is true yeah
3: Oh my God, what did she say? Whenever he woke up. She called him colonizer. colonizer. (laughs) Don't scare me like that colonizer. (laughs) (laughs) That one kind of got a little backlash. I saw like on social media and stuff. People were like, okay, that's racist. Oh my (laughs) God. Oh, really? Yeah, people called that racist. And I was like,
2: "Eh." I mean, it's literally a guy who doesn't live in Wakanda who's there, so...
3: An actual literal colonizer. (laughs) Yeah, like a literal
2: colonizer, so... And um, a, like an American. Yeah, exact actual. <laughs> yeah,
0: I think it's a good call- I think it's an interesting call out. It's not it's just what happened. Like yeah. there's no mal male like uh malevolence. Malice <laughs> intended in such
2: a comment. It's right. it's true. It was a good nature it was a good natured social jab that I mean yeah. every every time I saw it, the audience like roared with laughter. So <laughs> <know? laughs> I am mean,
0: sure he seems over it though. Uh huh. <laughs> but it's like a I like that theme of like them everyone coming together, like setting aside like like not forgetting the past, but learning from it and working with people who used to be your enemy to overcome mm-hmm. what was that? I think that's a really good
2: positive message the movie had. Mm-hmm. Um The first post credit scene or I guess the mid credit scene, um, at the UN yeah. I thought was really powerful in the sense that it kinda of broke the fourth wall and was kind of T'Challa, like, addressing today's, like, political right. climate. Um, mm-hmm. At first, when I saw it, you know, I was I was of the mindset of, well, I wanted something to set up the next film, but when mm-hmm. I saw it the second time, like, it it is really powerful stuff.
1: And it's also the second time the movie ends, yeah. with yes. T'Challa ha- half-smiling. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was important <laughs>
0: enough to be in the movie, honestly. I think it could have been... In the movie,
1: yeah, somehow. I, I, I agree. But I also like when Chiron asks him, "Who is he?" And he oh, yeah.
2: smiles. I um.
3: Oh my gosh, that cameo was like amazing. <laughs> amazing.
2: Wait, 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 wait. That
0: was Chiron from Moonlight. Yeah. Yes. Holy. Oh my god! Yes. I didn't even notice. Yeah,
1: oh, we could awesome. do a whole podcast just on how important it is that he's that kid to be the person to ask him.
0: Exactly.
3: Oh <laughs> no, that's. A-
0: you should like. Who is you? <laughs> <laughs>
3: If he is- <laughs> okay, another thing I noticed. So, you know how yeah. uh, Killmonger, like, grew up in um, Oakland, mm-hmm. right? In Oakland, yeah. yeah. And, like, there's, like, the Black Panther reference because that's where the Black Panther political party started. Mm-hmm. Like, these oh, okay. are just things when you oh, go, wow. like, I went home and I was just like, oh, my God, Oakland! I think it's
1: also yeah, uh, it's also where Ryan Coogler's from. Yeah. Yes. It's Fruitvale Stations in Oakland. Mm-hmm. He's just, he tells stories about Oakland. Creed is set in Philly, but it is this... Heavily Oakland-inspired depiction
2: of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm.
1: Creed is so
2: good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Sorry, we off track. Can we just watch Creed on this we podcast? <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Just, yeah. So, just appreciation for Michael B. Jordan. Welcome and back to the gonna... five-minute
1: Fantastic Four podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
0: he's good in it. He was. He was. So the only good thing.
1: What do you think about that second credit scene? The very last. Oh post, oh. Scene. <coughs>
0: Missed, uh, the Avengers setup, pretty much. Yeah, uh, it was alright. I expected it. Yeah. So
2: to to be honest, I thought it was kind of it was kind of weak. I mean, it didn't give us any information we didn't already know. But I mean, any more screen time um, with Shuri and any screen time with Bucky is always welcome. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It wasn't one of those credit scenes where I was like mad I stayed, mm-hmm. uh, but I think they could have um, done something stronger for the second post credit scene.
3: Yeah, there definitely wasn't any, like, super big detail
1: mm-hmm.
3: or, like, big revelation. It's kind of just, you know what's next.
1: Yeah. You know what's <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I just wonder how Shuri knows the stuff that she needs to tell him. Because she's like, time to wake up. Because you gotta, I gotta tell you things. Maybe. You have a lot to learn, Sergeant Barnes. Maybe. Like, how does she know?
0: Well, Maybe there's, Gap um, is still there? I don't know. Was he, like, in Wakanda hiding somewhere the whole time or what?
2: There's actually a prequel comic that explains this. Um, so Bucky has been awake for a while and Shuri has been like basically reprogramming him and like taking all mm. of like the uh, trigger words out. So so basically we can assume during the events of this movie Bucky's kind of been off and he didn't join the battle because of his like terrible PTSD from being the Winter Soldier for so long. Yeah, you get that. Mm-hmm. That was what I assumed, but and I think mostly
1: that scene was there to placate people because yeah. It, w- yeah when he's since he is there and the audience knows he's there the whole time, everybody would would be miffed.
0: I if think Kugler also up. like Kugler also said he like was thinking about putting Bucky more in the movie, but he mm-hmm. was like he realized like when you really think about it you have a bunch of Wakandans like fighting over their nation, then you have a random white dude come in and mess yeah. with stuff. It gets we already little, have uh, one of
3: those. Don't need another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's like uh <laughs>
1: And he's in a little spaceship shooting faceless spaceships. Yeah. yeah. Bucky would be out there just <laughs> murdering Massacring people. Uh-huh. Like <laughs> doing sick knife flips.
3: Can we talk about that last like big fight scene in Wakanda? Oh
2: yeah. Incredible. Oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my gosh. What's his Mbaku?
1: Mbaku. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When he came
3: in, when he came in to save the day. Okay, he saved the day twice. First of all, he saved T'Challa. Mm-hmm. Then he comes in to break up the fight. And it's just like He's one of those like underrated roles. I don't feel I feel like people aren't giving him enough appreciation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cuz without him like where would T'Challa be? Right. You know? Mm-hmm.
1: Totally. Right. It's and it's the second time Ryan Coogler has redeemed kind of a racist character. Uh in Rocky, Rocky's this kind of in the first Rocky he's this symbol of like the great white savior that shows up out of nowhere and can put up a fight against this greatest of all time black boxer. And then in Creed, he's just kind of this uncle-father figure (laughs) to Apollo Creed's son. He really redeems the character of Rocky. And M'Baku in the comics dude dresses up as a white gorilla.
0: (laughs) I can see it. I could see the actor actually doing it. And just, you ever see Congo? No. Is that, you ever see Congo based yeah, on Michael Crying well, with the white ago. with the white fur gorillas? Yikes! Just Yikes. get one of those suits and just have him back and wear it. Mm-hmm. it. It'd be like, oh, it would be very bad.
1: It would yeah. have been A very bad call.
0: <laughs> That's why I'm not in charge.
1: Yeah. Um. But he makes him this really strong character that uh barks at martin freeman oh my god that's so funny
0: (laughs) Oh, he's like i I would feed you to my children and he's like what? He's like just kidding we're vegetarian like (laughs) "Uh, nice
3: and like everybody's serious like t'challa might be dead they're like trying to figure stuff out (laughs) Uh trying to get the kingdom back and he's like oh just kidding we're vegetarians like nice (sighs) such random humor
0: yeah it was a nice levity after all the stone-faced macho stuff going Mm -hmm. around them is it the
1: most serious marvel movie
2: I wouldn't say so.
0: That or Winter Soldier? I would say Winter Soldier. Definitely.
2: Um, I would say by far the last 20 minutes of Civil War is the most grim, dark yeah, thing Marvel's done. Oh, awesome. also, also, Civil uh, War has the airport scene. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which kind of really offsets a lot of the grimness around them. Mm-hmm. But definitely I appreciate the seriousness in this. Mm-hmm. It's a nice change of pace after you have like Thor and... Guardians being like humorous back to back. And Spider Man. Yeah. Uh, actually, yeah.
2: Well, actually, yeah. why I think this movie works so well is I wasn't, unlike um, a lot of other Marvel films, I wasn't necessarily thinking like, oh, like there's a lot of jokes here. Oh, this is too serious. Like it was, it just felt like I was watching a film. Mm-hmm. You know exactly. what I mean? And, and I think this is probably the most successful Mar- Marvel's been in that regard since mm-hmm. the original Iron Man and just making a movie mm-hmm. that stands on its own as a really great standalone movie. Yeah.
3: I was like, before this movie I was a little worried because well I mean I'm sure you've seen like black people this is a big deal for black people Mm -hmm. and so I was scared that it would like get political it would be like you know too much and like kind of disengage from like the comic part of it but it was like really um it was really like intelligent and it was smart like creative how they like inputted some of that I can't talk how they put some of that stuff in there for example like when she uh her name is slipping my eye the general? Okoye. Yes, Okoye. When she puts on the wig and she's talking about how she <laughs> hates wearing it and how she feels like she's dressing herself up to be something she's not, like, it's a very subtle, like, you know, remark on on natural hair and mm-hmm, how people mm-hmm. present themselves. I read a New York Times article that said there wasn't like a relaxer or a straight straightener mm-hmm. on the set at all. Like, no one in this movie is like uses any like kind of i guess european conception of beauty
1: Mm -hmm. which i
3: think is like really important Mm -hmm. like all these women are still beautiful despite not meeting those Mm -hmm. standards Mm
2: -hmm. i think
0: that's That's a really good point yeah and i also agree like i think the movie really organically laces all these political ideas in there so it's not like in your face but it's something that the characters grapple with and through how the characters grapple with it you kind of think about these things, too. It's not something that's dumped in your lap, but it's something that the movie intelligently talks about. And because it doesn't try to be so in your face, you're more open to it. You know, like, I really appreciate that.
2: It's very much a movie, I guess, just born of today's world. It doesn't feel like they specifically tried to say, like, we want this to have this social commentary here. It seemed like they just took a look at the um, at Today's World and said, okay, if we were to make a Black Panther movie today, it would have to touch on this. Mm-hmm.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Very well said. I think that mm-hmm. really s- sums it up at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's interesting that it comes right after Thor Ragnarok, which was <laughs> uh-huh.
1: I think Marvel's previous most political movie. It's a movie about colonialism. It's about kind of the mm-hmm. dangers and horrors of... Uh, conquering a place because you think you're better than them. And Uh then Black Panther hits and is about what happens if you stay isolated. It's kind of the opposite end of the spectrum that still uh, leads to just as dire consequences. Those movies are also (laughs) crazy different tones. (laughs) Uh
0: Exactly. All right, so I think... Uh, the, at the end of the day, our consensus is Black Panther is a solid, solid superhero movie that also is a very strong politi- sends a very strong political message, and has a really positive outlook for the future, and tries to portray today's world in a way that is not only palatable to audiences but also insightful and meaningful. Mm-hmm. And we think that it's definitely worth a watch, maybe two. And uh, go see an IMAX if you can, because it is amazing with all the colors and the visuals popping out at you on the big screen. It's definitely a big superhero movie that you need to see.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's okay. it's a spectacular film, and I think the uh, it and Star Wars The Last Jedi are two of the most auteur-driven blockbusters I've ever seen, and they came out two months within each other. That's mm-hmm
2: miraculous i second that um there's nothing i can say about black panther that hasn't already been said um better by everyone else in this room so please go check it out
3: um wakanda forever that is all <laughs>
2: thank, thank you, you. for listening, listening to, to at, at the, the, m- the movies,
1: movies. Mm-hmm. i'm a cow <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs>